Hey there, people of God. You just tuned into the Next Gen Church podcast of the ACI Next Generation Church. We believe God has an awesome word for you today. Be blessed as you listen. Welcome, somebody. Welcome, somebody. And let's sit up. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 58. What's our scripture? Isaiah 58, 1. Verse 12. Let's read it. Isaiah 58, 12. Give us a... A version that's easy to understand. Isaiah 58 verse 12. I always bring this up so because I want us to be constantly reminded. We talk about vision and mission and we come up with all, you know, we come up with our own ideas and what we want to achieve. So you can look at this as a vision and a mission. Amen? Amen. So this is our vision and mission. Those from among you shall build the old waste place. So if they ask you what's your vision and your mission, to become those who build what? The waste places. The old waste places. To be those who raise up foundations of many generations. Uh, And you shall be called a repairer. So that is our mission. We want to repair every breach. So our vision is there. Building what? All old waste places. Raising up foundations for what? Many generations. How we do that is what? By repairing the breach and restoring what? That, that, that word, that restorer of streets to dwell in simply means bringing back the truth. It's like when God said, Jerusalem shall be the city of truth. So that's what we want to do. We want to bring back the truth. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. And, and, and somebody said to me the other time, I was having a conversation with an older person. They were arguing that um, all the young generation wants to do now when they go to church and sing, is sing and do all that. And I said they are rehearsing what they will do when we, we get to heaven. Because in heaven, nobody is going to be preaching to us. Amen? So, and as a matter of fact, when you understand worship, you understand that that's all we are called to do. You know, we, 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 we preach because we simply, if we are preaching, we preach to restore the worship. Because all we are called to do is to worship him. So, 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 so the preaching is meant to restore the worship and make their worship right. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I want us to acknowledge the life of Papa, his eminence, the Archbishop. Or put it a loud one together. Hallelujah. Just lift up a word of prayer for him right now in the name of Jesus. That the Lord will watch jealously over his life. Oh, don't keep silent. You're giving your all to this prayer. The Lord will watch jealously over his life. Keep him safe. Make him wise in all things. The enemy will not plunder him. He will not be a victim of the enemy's expectations. Every device of wickedness against him, even from now to his birthday, is cancelled. Anything that is meant to bring him pain, reproach, sorrow and grief, from now to his birthday and after, we cancel it by the power of the blood and in the name of Jesus. We declare that it will be well with the Archbishop, it will be well with his family, It will be well with him physically, spiritually, mentally, financially. Let it be well with Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Please be seated. Please be seated. Second Chronicles chapter 34. 2 Chronicles chapter 34. We're still continuing on making kings and queens. Amen making kings, making queens. Amen. And, and I want you to understand that you don't become a king to rule, you become a king to serve. Amen. Did you hear that? You don't become a king or a queen to rule, you become a king or a queen to serve. So while we talk about making kings and queens, I want us to kind of take every high-mindedness you know, out of us. Because sometimes, one time, um, a few years ago, I was in a meeting and um, 
our churches had met and they were discussing why, how we should teach leadership, blah, blah, blah. And I said, it just dawned on me. So I asked, how come we always have leadership seminars and we never have serving seminars or serving seminars? Everybody wants to be a leader. And if you talk about a leadership seminar, everybody wants to be part of it. But if you talk about, I, I've never heard anybody talk about a service or a serving seminar. You know, because that one doesn't sound so, you know, doesn't make us so relevant. But we become kings and queens not to rule, to serve. First and foremost, God and humanity. Amen. Say, I'm becoming a king. I'm becoming a queen so I can serve. Your response is weak. Next gen. Uh, next generation. So I'm becoming a king. If you're a woman, say queen. I beg you. <laughs> say, I'm becoming a king not to rule but to serve. Amen. Say, I am a king not to rule but to serve. One more time. Say, I am a king not to rule but to serve. In Jesus' name. Second Chronicles chapter 34. Second. Hallelujah. We've come to worship Lift your Is it working? Lord, we Let's do 2 Chronicles chapter 24. 2 Chronicles chapter 24. And before we come to this one. Joash was seven years old when he became king and he reigned 40 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Zebia of Beersheba. Who, who did we study last week? Which of the kings? Josiah. Josiah. We studied Josiah. Okay, so let's let's look at Josiah. What was the scripture? Thirty-four. Okay, so let, let's go. Let's go back. Let's go back. Josiah was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned thirty-one years in Jerusalem. Let's move on. Verse two. somebody read for us? Please give her a microphone. Okay, it's, it's here. So, and he, please read it. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. And walked in the ways of his father David. Yeah. Say, I shall not turn aside. 
to the right nor to the left from the truth that I know in the name of Jesus say it doesn't matter my condition my circumstances say Holy Spirit help me never to turn aside from the truth and what pleases God or oh, your response is very weak say Holy Spirit help me not to turn aside from the truth and what pleases God in the name of Jesus Amen please read it on verse 3 while he was still while he was still not when he was old so we calculate and we find he was 16 so while he was still they that seek him early shall find him amen they that seek him early they shall do what find him don't say I want to enjoy my life first I want to be able to go to the nightclub first I want to all these things those who have done it will tell you that when they look back it was a waste of time amen it, it, it's funny sometimes you do certain things in your early life and when you get older and you find people doing it, it it's like what's wrong with this but you, you forget you did it too but you look at the people who are doing it and you're like what? are these people okay because you come to a place where you realize that it was very unnecessary while he was still young he began to seek the God of his father now note this note this note this that this man or this boy was not seeking God while he was not yet a king. Now, it gets very interesting. He began to seek God when he had all power. Are you here? It's very funny that in the church we see God when we have nothing. Huh? When we have nothing in our pocket, we don't mind walking to church because we are believing that he will show up and you'll do something. Amen. We don't, we don't mind serving. We don't mind doing things and spending time and serving. Anything you give us, we will do because perhaps God will see one thing we're doing and bless us. So we don't mind. But the moment we get what we want, our minds change. Somebody say, my mind will not change. When it's exam time, everybody knows the Lord. Everybody is a Christian. Everybody is spiritual. Especially your final exams. But as soon as the exams are over, what do you do next? Especially when you get your results. Huh? Between the examination time and the times when your results come, is party time. Then right before the results come, people start praying again. As if your prayer is going to change what has already happened between the time when nothing will change. It cannot change. You had one opportunity to get it right at that time. So, so between the time people write exams and the time that is close to uh, um, them getting their results, it's party. Huh? Then we see all the mini skirts and all that. Then all of a sudden, the dress code changes. Like one month to resort time. Two weeks to resort time. Now they start wearing gowns. Long dresses. They become automatically spiritual people. Who, as if they, they've been serving God all their lives. No, that, that's not what this guy did. That's not what he did. You know, his, his life, I was thinking about his lifestyle the whole week. And I said, God help me, I want to be like this because how, how you know, even the Bible said, somebody said, it's written in scripture, somebody said Lord, do not let me be poor so that I steal and disgrace you basically and also do not give me too much so that I forget you 
That's what somebody said. And it's in scripture. Then the Bible says, when you have eaten and you are full, do not forget. So, even God, it potentially can happen. Or it happens to men that when they feel satisfied or they are fulfilled, fulfilled. When you have eaten and you are full, eating in scripture does not only refer to food that gives you physical nutrition, but eating has to do with doing something that gives you fulfillment. Whenever I see bread in scripture, another, the, 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 the synonym for bread in scripture is also satisfaction or gratification per scripture. So when you see bread or food, it's talking about satisfaction, fulfillment, or gratification. That is what food stands for. So he said, when you have eaten or when you are fulfilled, now you have the career of your dreams. Now you have the job of your dreams. Now you have the marriage of your dreams. Now you have everything you have ever prayed for. Everything you've ever told your friends that you wanted to happen in your life. All of a sudden you have them. Now you have everything you've ever prayed for. Everything you've ever dreamed about. So if you're the type of person that serves God for things, what else? Why even bother to seek God? But then there is a man, a young man, young boy, not even a man, young boy. Somebody say a young boy. Say something like me, like me, like me. Like me. Younger than all of us here. Younger. He took the throne at eight years old. He wasn't carried away by PS5. Wasn't carried away by FIFA. Wasn't carried away by all the things that a child could be carried away by. But he said, and you think that with the passing of time, or oh, maybe his desire for the things of God will change. Right? Because even politically, when people get it on, you know, one year, two years, then all of a sudden, once upon a time, they used to cry for the poor people. Then all of a sudden, they are stealing money and we don't even hear about them. Once upon a time, they used to be concerned about how much food costs. Then all of a sudden, all that changes. Sometimes less than four years. But here we have a child who became a king at eight years old. I, I, I imagine if I call an eight-year-old boy into this auditorium and I ask them, if you become a king, what would you do? There are very few that will talk about what they would do for humanity and others. There are those that are like that. But I, I, I guess most will talk about things they want to do for themselves. And this guy, he's unlike David, he's unlike a few other people who had to go to trials in order to find God or know God so that he would have had some experience to leverage his searching of God on. He didn't have that. I, I, he was born a prince. So, this is somebody that never had any lack, but still desired God. Are you here? He never lacked anything. He, he, I, I, don't, I doubt that he lacked attention. I, I, I doubt that he ever went hungry for a day. He was a prince. Well taken care of. Became a king eight years old. By 16 years. So, so, so the whole of his eight years, up to that 16 years, there was a hunger. He, he wanted something deeper. It, for him, it wasn't about the things here because as a king, he had access to anything earthly. Now, mind you, you're talking about, not, not like some minute kingdom somewhere. You're talking about the kingdom of Israel at the time. So, this is not just some small kingdom somewhere. So, in these times, you're talking about, you can compare this to United States, Great Britain, Germany, France of today. That everybody else is looking up to. And he was a king of that. And he desired nothing for himself. But he desired everything for an unseen God. Somebody say an unseen God. Or how many of us want to be like Josiah? 
I want this. I don't want the anointing of Josiah for the things Josiah had. I want the anointing of Josiah for the humility and the heart that he had for God. I, I, I desire that. I want, I'm praying for that anointing that was upon his life as a child to see God having all things. If there's one thing I've ever been afraid of, coming back to the Lord, it is, I've been afraid and I, I probably still am of the day when God has answered all my prayers. I'm afraid of that day. Because sometimes I wonder what will happen to my faith after that. Yeah, I do want him to answer the prayers. Don't get me wrong. I want them like, I want them right now. But I, I, I also wonder if I would come and stand behind a pulpit and desire to share the truth. I'll show you a scripture. Hosea chapter 4 from verse 6 to 9. Hosea chapter 4. So where, where we are? Verse 3 of 2 Chronicles. Hosea chapter 4 from verse 6 to 9. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I will also reject you from being a priest for me. Because you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget Do you see that? Because you have forgotten the law of your God, I will also forget Read it on. Verse 7 The more they increase, the more they there's a version I think is the King James it says as they increased so did they forget my word the more they increased the more they sinned against me therefore will I change their glory into what I would change their kingship into slavery amen so if we are going to become kings we also have to understand what it takes to maintain the kingship. If you're going to become a queen, you also have to understand what it is, is required to maintain your place. Amen. So as they were increased, so they sinned against me. Therefore will I change their glory into shame. Look at verse 8. They eat up the sin. You know what that is? I, I've, I've, I've watched something and I realized that for most preachers, most preachers, if you go back into their, their starting days, huh? they used to talk a lot about judgment. They used to talk a lot about repentance. A lot, a lot of preachers all over. Most preachers, if you go back to their very first recording, very first messages, the first few years before they gathered the first hundred people, the message was always repentance-based. It was always this true inner searching of God. And, 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 and they, were, they didn't play around when people around them fooled around. No. But as they increase, they become a little bit more tolerant. Which to a certain extent is good. But is that tolerance based on just accepting every wrongdoing because you are okay and you don't desire for God to come and take account and say I am pleased of anything anymore is that what it's about or is it you know just being tolerant because you want to be gracious to people that's something we have to examine it says they eat up the sin of my people and they set their heart on their iniquity they sit around and the people close to them are the ones that are polluting the altar the most and they don't care are you here there was a time when you would not have relationship with certain people. There was a time in your Christian world. Maybe that time before your exams or that time before your job interview. There are certain things you would not have permitted. But the time after that, everything else becomes okay because now you have increased. So you are beginning to eat up sin. You are tolerating it. You are accommodating it. You see nothing wrong with it. You don't even speak to it anymore because you are becoming okay. Josiah was not like that. Let's go back to the scripture. Let's go back to 2 Chronicles. 
Second Chronicles 34. Where I think we have verse 3. Verse 3. Go on. You see, did you hear that? It says, For in the eighth year of his reign, while I love this part, it says, While I am yet young, I will seek the Lord. He said, While he was yet young, he began to seek after the God of David, his father. And in the twelfth year of his reign, so eight plus twelve is twenty years. 20 years, he wasn't saying, I want God. I want his glory. I, no, 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 no. He wasn't, we want to see you. And then go out. No, no, that's not what he was doing. He took the bull by the horn. He said, you know what? If I really want God, there are certain things we can't have around. If this thing is really about God, there are certain things we cannot accommodate anymore. If this thing is really about God, there are certain things that can't just be a part of us. And there are certain things that we can't just be a part of anymore. Say in the name of Jesus. Any entanglement that puts away the glory from me. Say, I break that entanglement. In the name of Jesus. So let's look at it. So he, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem from the high places and the grooves and the carved images and the molten images. We, we, we did that the first week. So we all know what high places are and all that. Amen. Now let's look at another king. Let's see somebody who did something a little bit different. He was a good one. But this is what happens when you compromise. You are good, but you compromise. You love God, but you compromise. You seek God. You want God, but you compromise. Say compromise. Say compromise. You know? And, and so there's 1 Kings chapter 22. 1 Kings 22. Let's read from verse 42. Two, a king called Jehoshaphat. Mm -hmm. yeah. He walked in all the ways of his father, Asa. Yeah. So, so, so do you realize he's, he starts off just like Josiah? Same thing, right? Okay, go ahead. He did not turn aside from them. Can you start all over? Thank you for turning that on. Jehoshaphat was 35 years old when he became king. And he reigned 25 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Azubah, the daughter of Shili. And he walked in the ways of his father Asa. He did not turn aside from them, doing what was right in the eyes of the Lord. Nevertheless, the high places were not taken away. Nevertheless, the high places were not taken what? Away. Nevertheless, he did, but there was a little compromise. There was a bit of a compromise. Say, any compromise in my life that gives the enemy a place and an advantage in the name of Jesus say I override the compromise in the name of Jesus say any place of compromise in my life that gives the enemy an advantage over my destiny say tonight in the name of Jesus I break out of that compromise in the name of Jesus say I break out of that compromise say any compromise in my life that weakens me and gives the enemy an upper hand over my life say tonight as I lift up my voice and pray I break out in the name of Jesus can you pray that prayer for two minutes any place and area of my life where I am compromised where the enemy has an advantage tonight in the name of Jesus I decree and I declare that the enemy's power over my will in that area of my life is hereby broken in the mighty name of Jesus, I will not compromise my place, my faith. 
I will not compromise my mind, my sight. I will not compromise my will. I will not compromise my emotions. In the mighty name of Jesus, somebody lift up your voice and pray. Jehoshaphat, 2 Chronicles chapter 18. You can read from verse 1. 2 Chronicles 18 verse 1. Yes. Now Jehoshaphat had riches and honor in abundance. He had riches and honor in abundance. abundance. Amen. And joined affinity with Ahab. But the problem was, so I'm paraphrasing the scripture was, okay, I'm just paraphrasing this. He had riches and honor in abundance God gave it to him but there was a problem how I many you know Ahab you know Ahab right Ahab is the one of whom it was said that there was no king that has sold himself to do wickedness like Ahab in all of Israel's history said there was nobody like that and I see some wicked kings but it says, all the kings of Israel, none of them had ever displeased God like Ahab. Now, here is Jehoshaphat, a man walking ways of God. A man who will not turn like Josiah to the left nor to the right, keeping his way straight. But he had this problem of accommodating foolishness. Are you here? He had this problem of accommodating those who like himself. He had this thing where he would play with them. It was, it was a problem. But in his case, it wasn't that he just wanted to. He was already compromised because he was married to the man's sister. Amen. Ask somebody, what are you married to? Because what you're married to can compromise you. The relationships you are in can compromise you. The things you desire can compromise you. So if you're not married to the right thing, you can be compromised. Note that Ahab himself was compromised by Jezebel. And here was Jehoshaphat, a man that was desiring to do things right, desiring to serve God, but he just could not take down the high places. Now, I'm beginning to believe that the reason why he could not take down the high places was because he was afraid it would offend Jezebel. As much as at this time these were two kingdoms, I, I believe that because of Ahab and his marriage to Ahab's sister, he wanted to leave something that would not displease his brother-in-law and his brother-in-law's wife. So, he couldn't take down the high places. Amen. But now let's go quickly. Where are we? Second Chronicles chapter 18. So let's let's go back one chapter. And let me find a verse so we can read it. So um, we can move on quickly. Second Chronicles chapter 17. So from the previous one. It talks about Asa. So Jehoshaphat's father was Asa from the previous chapter. So, but now we are in 17. From, from, from verse 16, you find that um, Jehoshaphat's father was Asa. So after Asa came Jehoshaphat. So verse 17 from verse 1 it says, Then Jehoshaphat his son reigned in his place and strengthened himself against Israel. And he placed troops in all the fortified cities of Judah and set garrisons in the land of Judah and in the cities of Ephraim, which Asa his father had taken. Now at that time there was division between Judah and Israel, okay? So they were against them, but whenever, if you study a little history and you know, you know sometimes there is these, um, what do you call them? Um, um, kings can marry 
from other tribes, other nations. What, what do you call that? Rev, this for yeah, alliance. This uh, peculiar name that they use for it. Well, remember at some point, it doesn't matter. But but they do that to keep the peace. Are you here? So they can marry from the, 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 the nation or the country of an enemy just to keep peace. Whether they love the person or not, it doesn't matter. They just marry them just so that they don't go to war with one another anymore. So you see, this starts off by saying that when he became king, he strengthened himself against but when you go to verse 8, chapter 18, you find that he was not strengthening himself against anymore. He had, versions say that he had joined affinity. Are you here? Yeah. Why come to church and pray all these warfare prayers and step out of here and go and join affinity with the devil? Why do I come and do all these things, learn all these songs, talk about the holiness, desire it and do, and then go out of here and then join affinity with the devil. When that happens, it's just a matter of time. I will be compromised. Somebody say, I shall not be compromised. Or oh, say it again. Say, I shall not be compromised. So, let's, let's read it quickly. And he placed troops in all the fortified cities of Judah. All the fortified cities of Judah. I'll read it from here. And set garrisons in the land of Judah and in the cities of Ephraim, which Asa his father had taken. Now the Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he walked in the former ways of his father, of his father, whose ways did Josiah walk in? Okay. So you remember going by Isaiah chapter 58 verse 12. What did we say? The old waste places lay up foundations for many generations, repairer of the breach and the restorer of parts to what? Dwelling. So the ways of David are a path that you can live by. You can dwell in that. David had lived a certain way with God. People could bear witness that this is the way to walk with God. And so because they could bear witness, they all chose. So he says he walked, he didn't even say he walked in the ways of God. So David was his example. May you become somebody's example. Or your amen was weak. May you become somebody's example. Amen. So when we say we want to be restorers of paths for people to dwell in per the things of God. What we are saying is we want to be or our lives to be a testimony, an example to other believers. Amen. Now the Lord was with Joseph because he walked in the former ways of his father David. He did not seek the bows but sought the God of his father and walked in his commandments and not according to the acts of Israel. Because at that time, Ahab was in Israel. So, Israel was seeking Baal at the time. Therefore, the Lord established the kingdom in his hand. And all Judah gave presents to Jehoshaphat. And he had riches and honor in abundance. And his heart took delight in the ways of the Lord. Even though he had riches and honor in abundance. His heart still took delight in the ways of the Lord. Somebody put your hand over your heart. Say, my heart. Take delight in the ways of the Lord. Say, I speak and I command my heart to take delight in the ways of the Lord in Jesus' name. So then, he removed the high places and wooden images from Judah. Also, in the third year of his reign, he sent his leaders, Benel, Obadiah, Zechariah, Nathaniel, and Micaiah to teach in the cities of Judah. And with them, and with them he sent Levites. It goes on and on. I'm going to verse 9. So they taught in Judah and had the book of the law of the Lord with them. Do you see similarities between Josiah and Jehoshaphat? It's the same thing. We, 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 we talked about Josiah the first time. So, and the Lord was with them. They went through all the cities of Judah and taught the people. And the fear of the Lord fell on all the kingdoms of the lands that were round Judah. So that they did not... Watch this. Yeah, this is what I'm talking about. So they did not make war with Jehoshaphat. Also, now watch, it gets even more interesting. It gets more interesting. Also, some of the Philistines brought Jehoshaphat presents. This is when a Muslim begins to honor a Christian. 
Because they've seen that, oh, hold on, there's something special about this guy. The Hindus begin to honor it. They see that there's something. So these Philistines, the so-called Lebanese and the Arabs and the Emiratis, it's here. Brought Jehoshaphat presents and silver as tribute. And the Arabians, not just the Philistines, the Lebanese and the Arabs, the people who, they, they, these people, they are always fighting. And they cannot accept anybody to lord it over them. But somewhere, somehow, Jehoshaphat walked with the Lord in the manner that God blessed him and honored him so much that people who were always resisting, people who were always fighting anybody trying to lord it over them, came and they respected and bowed to him. Arabians brought him flocks, 7,700 rams, and 7,700 male goats. So Jehoshaphat became increasingly powerful. And he built fortresses and storage cities in Judah. He had much property in the cities of Judah. And the men of war, mighty men of valor, were in Jerusalem. These are their numbers according to their fathers. It goes on and on. Uh, um, let me jump that. So from verse 19, it says, These served the king besides besides those the king put in the fortified cities throughout all Judah. So this is what was happening in verse 17. Then in verse 18, from verse 1, chapter 18, sorry, from verse 1, Jehoshaphat had riches and honor in abundance and by marriage, here's where the problems begin. By marriage, he allied himself with what he once fortified himself against. Are you getting this? He, all of this was happening and God was in the picture glorified and he had whether it was a memory lapse, something, something happened to him. Whatever happened to Jehoshaphat, it will not happen to you and I. Amen. Amen. And then watch what Elisa. Now remember that we've just read that people were afraid to fight Jehoshaphat, right? So he had actually never been to battle. He had a strong army, but had never gone into battle. Never, ever, ever. There are times when you are so prepared for something that it cannot even come your way. God can make that happen. You are too prepared for the devil to try. The devil knows you are too prepared. He, he, he has to find something else bigger than what he wants to try. Because he knows this thing he's thinking about. You are just way too prepared. Are you here? He actually had to wait for God to ask him about Job for him to make a statement. Why didn't he go and make the appeal himself? Job was too prepared. Jehoshaphat had riches and honor in abundance and he allied himself with Ahab. Anything we have formed alliance with, any relationships established, any desires, any expectations, anything that is out of the will of God that is pulling us away from our destiny, pulling us away from the will of God for our lives. Tonight, in the name of Jesus, let that alliance be broken. Let that alliance be broken. Anything I have allied with, formed alliance with, even mentally, emotionally, I command it to break. After some years, you see, when he formed the alliance, it didn't harm him immediately. Some of the relationships and the expectations, they, they don't harm you right away. He says, after some years, the demonic alliance began to speak. It didn't speak right away. It didn't speak before he got into it. After some years, so I'm sure for the first few years, because there was no war, there was no provocation, he felt like, well, this was a good thing. This was a good thing. That so good thing became a bad thing. Watch what happens. After some years, he went down to visit Ahab in Samaria. And Ahab killed sheep and oxen in abundance for him. Watch this. And the people who were with him, he killed, yes, he killed sheep and oxen in abundance for him and the people who were with him. And persuaded him, go up with him to Ramoth Gilead. Anything the enemy has assigned to persuade you and I, anything that is attractive and looks honorable and, and looks like it can make us relevant, but is meant by the enemy to set us up. Tonight in the name of Jesus, with it is arrested. So, king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, King of Judah, will you go with me against Ramoth Gilead? 
and he answered him this, this, this hurt me this one hurt me he answered him I am as you are many of us can mock at this we'll continue next week but many of us in more ways than we can think of have made this statement we may not have said it verbally but we've told our unbelieving friends who we are to be an example to and draw them we have told them that we are as they are are you here long and short of this and please read it in your own time so we can close so read it and then we'll continue next week long and short of this is that Ahab drew him into a battle this man had an army in his home nobody would dare touch him because the devil could not touch him in battle while he was where God had placed him the enemy drew him into battle through an alliance and when you read on you realize that he almost got killed until he cried out he almost got killed nobody would have ever dared to touch him but an alliance drew him to a place where his protection was stripped of him and the enemy almost got him rise up to your feet it started with an alliance the alliance led to communion the communion led to making Ahab making a sacrifice that sacrifice broke the will of Jehoshaphat in a spiritual sense anything we have partnered with anything we have committed to that has in a sense broken our will and caused us to be compromised in the things of God and in our walk with the Lord tonight in the name of Jesus let our will which is the nature of God in us let it be restored let the God nature be restored let the divine nature be restored anything that has defrauded me of my divine nature tonight in the name of Jesus let it be arrested and let my divine nature be restored any alliance any covenant any relationship any friendships any association that has put me at a place of disadvantage tonight in the name of Jesus I command them to break in the name of Jesus I command them to break in the name of Jesus let them break I will them to break I desire them to break and I receive the grace and the boldness to break them and to walk out and walk away from them in the mighty name of Jesus somebody lift up your voice and pray oh somebody lift it up lift it up anything that has broken my will I declare that thing arrested let it be arrested go I rise up above every influence in my life through alliances, through friendships, through relationships that is destructive to my destiny. Any influence over my life that is destructive to my destiny, tonight in the name of Jesus, I rise up above it. I break out of it in the name of Jesus. I break the alliance in the name of Jesus. I break the alliance in the name of Jesus. I break the alliance in the name of Jesus. I break the alliance in the name of Jesus. Anything that has corrupted my will to oppose and contend with my destiny tonight in the name of Jesus, let its power break in the name of Jesus. Now put your hand over your head. Say, Father, tonight, let the anointing of Josiah come upon me. Say, the anointing to, de to desire you through all things. Say, let it come upon me. Say, the anointing that causes a man to desire you when he has no need and while he is yet still young. Say, Father, let that anointing come upon me in the name of Jesus. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, put it together for Jesus. The 
Just lift up your hands all over this place and let's thank him. Thank him for his goodness. Thank him for his mercy. Thank him for his kindness. Thank him for his love. Thank him that we have the Holy Spirit to help us and to lead us in all things. To lead us and to guide us and to cause us to come to that place that God has ordained for us. Somebody thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him somebody. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Amen. Say, I declare that I will walk in the ways of the Lord all the days of my life. Say, Father, help me not to be a disappointment. In Jesus' name. But the Lord will watch over you. May he keep that fire burning. The earnest and true desire for the things that are pertaining to him. Let it keep burning in your life. Let nothing put out that fire. Let nothing put out that fire. In the name of Jesus. From the rising of the Thank you for listening to this week's message on the Next Generation Church Podcast. We pray that this word you've received will bless you, increase your faith in God, and enhance your spiritual growth. We encourage you not only to subscribe to this podcast, but to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Next Gen Church. We would also like to hear from you. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Church with NHG. God bless you. If you say we believe it.